0: to go live. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Plotlines. I'm your host, Connor. And please, if you like what we're doing here, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. Join our discord if you want to support, if you want to continue this discussion elsewhere. And uh, today with me to discuss the second, or I guess third episode of uh, Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power is Evan from the Middle Earth Mixer and Hope Blayton, Welcome, Evan, for first time on Plotlines.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: No problem. Uh, So just what are your first thoughts after watching or after watching the episode?
1: Uh, I'm a lot more excited about the show, you know, than I was uh, prior to watching the first two. I thought the first two were, I've said on my podcast, I thought, you know, they were solid seven. Uh, They started off really slow, you know, and there was obviously some lore choices that I disagreed with, and you can blame that on what they have the rights to and and what they don't, but um, I thought that the first two episodes had a lot of potential, you know, but they started slow, but this one really I felt like grounded me into a story, I feel excited about where it's going, you know, and obviously we can talk shop on on where the lore is correct and where it's not. But I definitely feel like after watching this episode, we have a much more competent show on our hands. Not that it was Mm -hmm. incompetent before, but I feel much more confident
0: now. Yeah. Hope, what do you think?
2: I thought it was was much, much better um, that they actually, you know, didn't try to do all four of the different plot lines. So they were actually able to make some progress in the storyline. A lot more action, it uh, seems like better acting, too. Like, the actors kind of got a little more into their roles.
0: Yeah. No, it's definitely... When they decided not to go with literally everyone at once, like, everyone's story at once, I gotta say, it. it's done much better, I would say. Mm-hmm. Also, it's very clear to me that they thought of the first two episodes as one episode, mm-hmm. because otherwise, like... It doesn't make sense that they would have each of those individual episodes, if um, especially with the third episode, given the fact that it's uh, you know, so much more action packed and mm-hmm. uh, developing of the story. It's almost like they're de- they, uh, did the same amount of development over the course of two episodes, it, or the first two episodes, in uh, just this third episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we should start off with. I guess, Galadriel's story, which is kind of also the Numenorean story. Um, but it really starts off with her, you know, coming to on uh, board the ship with Halbrand and uh, meeting this mysterious um, sailor. So uh, what was your first thoughts about the fact that, like, you know, I don't know that she was on a um Numenorean ship because it was pretty obvious the way they dressed you know that sort of thing um Evan what did you think
1: well I thought the um I thought the ship looked great I think that there's a lot of like if you go back and watch it there's a lot of details kind of if you look away from the characters and start looking at the side of like certain shots you can see that there's there's kind of dirt caked on something, or there's cracks in certain things. I thought the the ship shots were beautiful. Um, I think the armor looks pretty cool. Uh, I think that people were kind of complaining about that when it first when we first kind of saw images of Elendil, but I I don't know why. I think I think it looks good to me. Um, so that kind of struck me. I thought that the the armor looked really cool as well.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought the elves didn't look good in the last episodes. But I thought the men really looked well, they looked more like you'd think men would be. Uh and I feel like people were just more off put by the way the elves looked. Um, Hope, what 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 do you think?
2: Uh, my first impression of the Numenorians armor was it looks like they're wearing oven mitts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh I really noticed the detail and like the love that they put into like the ship shots and how much um you know how much effort they put into that which i just loved so it seems like to me at least the thing they've put the most effort into is the weapons and the ships so far
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah everything
2: else is passable <laughs> but those <Yeah>.
0: are <laughs> i thought i thought númenor just looked fantastic though mm-hmm. I, I actually thought like it they also used a lot of real sets Mm -hmm. uh you know just uh going around Numenor I mean you didn't get you know you got your grand shots and then you got your little small shots and I feel like uh it'd be cool if they could figure out how to sort of mix the two Mm -hmm. instead of just going back and forth between grand and uh small but anyway so uh Galadriel and Halbrand are brought to uh Numenor they see the amazing city Halbrand is uh Sort of shocked, uh, because he doesn't know he doesn't know about this t- uh, part of Middle earth, or I guess Numenor is not exactly Middle earth, but it you know, this is a uh, you know, he's kind of surprised that this is made by men mm-hmm. because he's a man and he's confused, uh, they should be you know, better, uh, or or this this seems more like something elves would create, and that's of yeah. course because the Numenorians are. Descendant of some half-elves, as well as uh, the men who fought along the side of the elves and the Valar in the War of Wrath, but and then um, you know the Numenorean sort of lore when he's brought, when they're both of them are brought before the uh, Queen Regent is a bit um, kind of uh, a little messed with. I don't know. I haven't decided whether or not. I like it or not, but it's kind of interesting that Tar Palantir is uh, still alive. What uh, What did you think about the the court of Numenorians? Hope.
2: Um, well, I mean, they kind of got to have their token evil queen. It's kind of a staple at this point of fantasy. Um, I will say, her costume was the only one that I'd seen that really like impressed me. I liked her costume. Um, she seems to be a talented actress, so I like that. Um, I I liked the view of the courtroom or that the courtroom, the throne room. That uh, you know, it had you know this grand. There was lots of people there, so it's not like it was this sparse thing that they didn't put a lot of effort into. Um, it I actually like got excited when Gladriel actually said, you know, I am Gladriel of the Noldor. I'm like, they actually said it. <laughs> yeah but uh it was great um although i want to know what galadriel's chapstick is that her lips still look beautiful and soft after being lost at sea i want to know what kind of chapstick she wears because that stuff's magic
0: <laughs> is that an elvish uh, uh staple <laughs> it
1: must
2: be
0: yeah what do you think evan uh
1: so one of the things i i definitely had a like an issue with at first. And, and obviously the, the shots were really cool. I mean, we kind of, we kind of glossed over a little bit how amazing, you know, Numenor looked. I loved the aerial shot of the whole city. (laughs) It was tremendous. Um, And then when they go into the court, there was something I noticed Muriel kind of leans over to Farazhan and whispers in his ear, tell me more about this captain that you brought in here. And that kind of immediately for me, and again, I like this episode, but As far as lore goes, I'm going, uh, she should already know who Elendil is. You know, there's no reason for her to be asking that question. So uh, that kind of made me weary. But again, it was was a great scene. Uh, I didn't really like Halbrand's little Marvel-esque kind of, you know, Galadriel goes on with all of her titles and Halbrand's just kind of like, Halbrand of the Southlands. And it it felt very like Captain um, Mm America-ish, but... Other than that, I thought it was a good scene. Um, I am wondering why Farazan is being referred to as just a counselor and not, you know, the cousin of Marielle as he as he is. And maybe he is. Maybe counselor is just his title. You know, the cousin of the queen can be a counselor as well. I thought um, it was
0: chancellor. Did or my uh, was it chancellor? About... I, I thought it said missed that, chancellor, but... but or they said chancellor, but I could be wrong. Just as. No, no, no. Right. But but either way,
1: you know, I want to see them kind of display that this is also a member of the family, you know, not
0: Mm -hmm. not just
1: a random guy in the court. Well,
0: yeah, yeah. You brought up Elendil, but he's he's also uh, basically family and uh, Mm -hmm. viewed by uh, people as such, you know, a level of um, I mean, he is the lord of the is Dune I think or something like that? I can't. Uh, um, I'm. Really and bad it. I, I, but
1: I mean, we're probably both butchering it, but. Yeah. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> uh, that's. I think that's a staple of like the Silmarillion stuff. It, uh, I feel like it's harder to butcher like Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, you just kind of you kind of just have to take a crack at
0: it. And yes. Exactly. Yeah, if yeah. you fail,
1: you fail. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, uh, he's this Lord of the of the West. Who is the leader of the other faction in the whole land? And it's kind of interesting to me. Is his father dead? What happened to his That's father? That's what I was thinking. Where where did he go? Hope are you familiar with um Alendil's father?
2: Uh Elendil's father is Arendel, right?
0: No, it's um Amandil. Amandel. Amandil. Amandil. He is um, he or who pulled, knows? could he be he pulls pulls an errand deal, uh, later or, yeah, later. But I don't know. Has he already pulled it? Is it this? Is this so? I mean, verizon should be king if that's the case. There's just a whole lot of stuff that doesn't add up. And Muriel, I never got in the the Silmarillion as if she was evil. I thought she was for uh, everything was forced upon her.
1: Yeah, so I believe I think there's two versions of the story, Uh, but if you read the Calibase, it's um, everything is kind of impressed upon her, but I think Tolkien did have a story where she pretty much was okay with everything that was going on. Yeah.
0: So um, wait, so which story is that, you know, is that unfinished? I think it was just
1: in the notes. Or oh, unfinished okay. sales. I, I don't I don't remember which version it was, but yeah, I think it well, was kind of two versions of it. But I, I think the official story, at least if you listen to um Christopher Tolkien, is that it was against her will. Yeah. Essentially so, a prisoner within her own kingdom.
0: So are they just trying to make strong independent women here? Is that kind of their uh well, their, I think experience? and we're
1: fat I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit but i think she's actually privately a member of the faithful faction and sympathetic towards the elves but i think she puts on a public face for um all of the rebellious men of numenor yeah. because she you remember she goes upstairs at, i think it's the end of the episode and she goes mm-hmm. and discusses with her father who we find out is alive and up mm-hmm. in the tower
0: yeah but doesn't she say we have a problem and the Elf, the elf uh, Galadriel is a problem. Well, she said what that, we well, have
2: feared has come to pass.
0: What so, is it? Is it dis, disdain of the Elves, do you think? Or is, is it just like the shock of that?
1: No, I think that she is privately working with her father. Because remember, what, what what do we know about uh, Tar Palantir, her father? Palantir means farsighted. So he was mm-hmm. able to, I mean, the official prophecy in the Akalabaith was... You know, once the uh, the tree of Nimloth died, then that would end the line of kings. Um, <clears throat> so we have a character who is already able to kind of see into the future. So I guess maybe for the show's storyline, this character has been able, Tar Palantir has able, been able to foresee Galadriel coming to Numenor at some point. That, at least that was the implication that I got from that scene.
0: Well, also it seemed. If I'm thinking of a, I thought there was a trailer, I could be wrong, where the Palantiri were uh, used, or I could be wrong about that.
1: But yeah, yeah that was in one of the trailers.
0: Okay. Well, it seems to me that he could be using one of them. Uh, also, whoever, um, but all of the, but they don't, it's not useful to have one at this point, right? Because all of them are in Numenor. There aren't any. Actually, there's well, I guess there's one in Um Hallaeresea, I think, or something like that. One of the um, yeah,
1: yeah, the uh, the big one.
0: Yes. So there's so there's one with the elves of Valinor, or or off the shore of Valinor, but and then the rest are all at Numenor. So mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what they're going to do with that. And so also, just a um point on the mural uh, actress. I have seen her in other things and I've always thought she's pretty good. So uh, she's very, she's definitely more of a small time actress. I don't think she's mm-hmm. been in anything huge and I'm pretty sure that's just kind of the way that the rings of power have gone with pretty much all their casting, except for, and even uh, Kelly Kel Brimbor was a, is a smaller, like smaller actor, but an actor that has been in more notable um, mm-hmm. things um
1: I actually like him.
0: Yeah, yeah. he's good. Just I good. didn't
1: think I was gonna like him because I don't like the way he looks for Caliburn Boar, but mm-hmm. I do like him. Yeah.
0: Exactly. That I yeah. But anyway, so Collateral comes before Muriel and farazon and why does she like I don't get why she has to be so like standoffish immediately. She just uh seems very holds, forced
1: Yeah, no, but it like, doesn't have to be that way um in my opinion it comes off like a little bit like you wouldn't have almost like galadriel doesn't have a level of common
0: sense in that moment or courtesy Uh, yeah so that was in
2: any of the series
0: (laughs) yeah she doesn't think anyone is above her like that's what it comes off as It, Mm -hmm. it doesn't come off as like oh people like especially you know i get what they're trying or it's sometimes what they're going for if they're going for like this woman is above all men or whatever kind of thing if that's what they want to portray but mm-hmm. then she's talking to uh another powerful woman and she's still acting the same way and it's not so it's not it has it doesn't even seem to do, have anything to do with her opinion of men or anything it just seems to be her opinion of anybody that's not herself
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think what we know from the books is that Galadriel does have a little bit of an ego on her. So I feel like maybe that's the angle that they're really leaning into. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt for that. But mm-hmm. you also like, okay, Galadriel has an ego, but you also take, you assume that she's got a little bit of common sense and it just seemed, the scene the scene seemed very force. Like a, mm-hmm. like a it was dumb to go in there and behave like that.
0: But yeah. No, and then uh I, I do like that I do like that Elendil is then made to like watch over her basically. Um, though it's unclear to me why he has so much reign over taking her places, except for maybe the fact that like we were talking about her appearing like she's on the side of the anti Elf and Valar faction, but really she's pro. But that wouldn't make sense for the way she acts with Farazon I guess.
1: Well, I think Farazon is really sort of the de facto head of the. I mean, in the in the books, they're called the King's Men, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Farazon is kind of the de facto head of this faction, and and maybe to you know please him and his faction, she she behaves this way. She pretends that she's different from her father, when in really she's like minded.
0: I just mean, why would she want information about Ellen Deal from uh, Farazon And well, like, it seems like she's almost begging the question: why she's putting this guy, who may or may not be loyal to, um, or maybe against the Kingsmen, in such a prominent uh, position, dealing with an elf kind of thing.
1: Well, I think the point is that privately she actually does want what's best for. Numenor, and she does want yeah. somebody to keep Galadriel safe. And she knows that Elendil, elf friend, mm-hmm. uh, will be able to do that.
0: Yeah, gotcha. Also, it's interesting, is, I was thinking that he was originally going to take her to like, his city, like the city that he's the lord of. But it seems like Elendil is not really on board with the, um, or he's not fully on board with the um, the elf friends, with the like with the faithful faction, at least mm-hmm. there seems to be something that has driven him away from that, and maybe that has more to deal with his father. But it seems like Anarian and Isildur and um his daughter. What's the daughter's name? Hope. Do um, you remember?
2: I have it written down. Arian.
0: Arian. They seem to be more interested in that. Except for maybe, I don't. Arian might be the only one that I'm not really sure. She doesn't seem to be sharing what uh, she's going for, except for that she's closer to a Sildor and everything. I but think anyway. maybe
1: it's things that they privately believe, uh, but they just yeah. haven't really been forced to make a public decision on. Mm-hmm.
0: Gotcha. Do you think does it just seem to come off that Elendil is not sure where he lo- where he stands, or is he just uh, no i don't think so i mean him even you know speaking
1: quenya that's a statement in and of itself you know the majority mm-hmm. of the new are not going to want to have anything to do with elvish languages so um you know him saying to galadriel uh paraphrasing but it's like he says in quenya not everybody here hates you my lady." you know something like that yeah um, And they have that little exchange that within itself, I think, is a statement about where he stands, at least privately.
0: Okay, yeah, makes sense. And uh, so basically we learn uh, Galadriel and Elendil hunt down information in the uh, lore uh, hall and basically find what the symbol was of um, that Sauron has been leaving around and hope. What is it?
2: It's literally a map of the Southlands. <laughs> I was kind of disappointed they went with that angle.
0: Yeah, it just it seems pretty um
2: overly simplistic.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, though how much I mean, how many episodes do we have? We have eight episodes. I almost feel like they don't have time for a hunt in or a sort of more in depth sort of um what's the word? Like they they don't have time for a mystery that long. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. since they use two episodes to kind of not give us that much information just to set things up. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they've now they're dropping they're almost dropping most of the information on our head. And then it's like, okay, how are they going to use this information? Um it's sort of weird to me though, that it's Ellen Deal and um and um, Galadriel that the that are now set to sort of go out and um, figure figure out how to deal with this problem? Because it seems the best people to do it... Well, men, historically, and elves need to go to war with Sauron before uh, all the Numenor stuff happens. But I guess I just don't really see how they're going to make all this stuff happen, coincide all at once. Evan, what do you think about that? Do you think, like how do you think they're going to well we
1: yeah i mean we certainly you certainly have a problem with the lore there because it's like okay so are they just going to essentially turn the war of the elves and sauron and the war of the last alliance into one war you know because the war of the elves and sauron where sauron goes and uh spoiler alert everybody he sacks a and you know chops up uh, Celebrimbor, that happens during the reign of uh, the 11th King of Numenor, I think, so that this would be you know, well over a thousand years uh, prior. So if you're gonna have a sealed door alive for the War of the Elves and Sauron, um, that within itself is kind of problematic. You'd almost have to combine the two wars. So I don't know what they're gonna do, um, but I would certainly like to see you know, before I write it off. Yeah. A lot of people are, are kind of like that. They're like, I don't want to watch the show.
0: Yeah. I, I wonder if Deal is still around and we just don't know. Like, I, I wonder if there's going to be a thing where it's sort of the older generation that will fight this battle maybe. And the other and the younger generation will be held back for, another season for the for the war of the last alliance because that would to me make more sense that they have all these different generations together they need they can't give everyone the same story they need to have they need to have a um i don't know they need a, a, a slow build especially if they're doing more seasons and i'm pretty sure they're doing more seasons than just one this isn't This isn't going. This season is not approved for five. Yeah, exactly. This season is not going to end with the bat. Uh, with the war of the last alliance. I mean, and there. Oh, I think the. um, I think it's best that we uh, should go. Well, actually, let's say. um, Let's just talk about uh, Isildur, for a bit. He's he's basically, um, been working with the sailors. He's uh sort of going through his like er, um i guess training or whatever or you know that sort of thing uh with the captains and the sea captains and stuff like that so he's basically just joining the military um which is uh which i don't have a problem with i still think this family are lords these fa- this family are high um high we should have a little
1: people. bit more uh prominence
0: yeah and the people should I I feel like they should should be building up how important the people are cuz it's not like these like um the king of Gondor and the king of um Arnor are are like started off from the bottom of the barrel you know they it's sort of like um I don't know uh, in English history it probably would be best explained through the dukes of Norfolk they were sort of the Earl Marshals of uh, England for the longest time and they fell in and out of favor all the time and but they were the, one of the most respected not necessarily de- directly um, coming down from the line of the kings necessarily but definitely um, having noble blood that sort of gave them respect no matter what so I feel like that's sort of what they need to have happen but I mean they could also be saying they fell out of favor, but when did they fall out of favor? Because it seems like Queen Muriel uh you know is now sort of in power, sort of, and uh Tar Palantir was on the throne prior. So when do they when did they fall out? Did they never fall out? And then you just have random um this random family rising up the ranks, which I think just kind of rubs me the wrong way, at least. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I would have felt a lot better if if they had um, Elendil be, you know, if they're not going to have uh, his father in it, then they should at least have Elendil be like a prominent member of court. You know, not some random captain who walks in and then the queen has to essentially ask who he is, you know, because she doesn't know. There should be some context there.
0: Yeah, I feel like that was bad planning. What do you think, Hope?
2: Yeah, it uh It doesn't, it didn't make sense how um, obscure he was. That, you know, he's known in his little town and that's about it. Um, That, yeah, yeah, it did not make sense to me. It was like, wait, I mean, I'm not exactly up on my, on my lore, but I thought he was supposed to be a big shot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Also, uh, yeah, he definitely
1: is.
0: (laughs) a, A Sildor. it doesn't, so it doesn't want to go back. Uh I was worried for a while uh that Anarian didn't exist like for a little bit I was like and then when they mentioned him I'm like oh oh thank you thank you I was concerned I was like I I was like did you just replace like Anarian with a girl like like and you know I'm fine with you know obviously having another uh having another kid makes sense and you know it can fit in with the lore she just wasn't ever mentioned uh but I thought for a second they were just uh switching out her for uh, Anarion. Um, but also, isn't Asildor older? Anarion's the younger one, isn't he? Or am I wrong? So, so I
1: actually, um, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was confused by the way that came off today uh, because I thought Isildur was older and Isildur is older in, in the official Okay. Like canon, um, but I guess in the unfinished tales, Anarion is the older one, I, I believe.
0: That's hmm. interesting. Okay, so but they don't have act. I don't. I don't get the lore thing because they. Do- I didn't think they had access to the unfinished tales. They don't. The that, that would
1: have just been an independent choice that they made.
0: How does it become accidental if <laughs> if they're like you know what I mean? Like how do you uh, how do you distinguish between accidental and oh they're using the the other lore like that i wouldn't say
1: it was accidental i think that they just decided to make him younger for whatever reason i guess because they want to focus on him being kind of a um like a, a risk taker you know like yeah. a young rascal of a kid that's, that's the story. yeah that's the storyline that they want to go for so they made him the younger brother
0: i mean i guess that can work it's um but yeah, so also I would have uh, with our Farazon, I would have thought he would be younger, just a little younger. Not like young, but just on the like more like he's he looks like Robert Baratheon from Game of Thrones, basically. <laughs> and I, I just have kind of that's an annoying thing to me. I mean, it's not specific about what he looks like, but he doesn't look like this. Um, He doesn't look like he's in his prime of being like a warrior. Like I would.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sympathetic towards that argument too. I think um, I really love. So the guy who's playing him is the perfect picture of what I think our Farazhan becomes eventually. Right.
0: That I agree with.
1: So it's, you, there's kind of a trade off there. You get a guy who looks like perfectly for what you imagine our Farazan to be later, but in the beginning, at least at this stage, he should be a little bit more, um, you know, younger, more
0: spry looking. Yeah, I guess another problem with the whole um, it, just all the all the time jumps and stuff like that. That's kind of the the problem with that. But anyway, so that's kind of. Uh, did I miss anything with the Numenor story? I guess Halbrand. Halbrand is possibly the king, the descendant of the king of the Southlands. Also, is the Southlands? its own like a completely made up thing i don't remember i was i thought they were originally going with like rune and stuff like that or harad but now i'm just thinking that they this is a completely different group that uh is independent of that
1: so i think that they're referring to the southlands um as like what mordor was pre what we know it as yeah pre it becoming the Blacklands. um but, th-
0: but that wasn't specific that's or I guess the people aren't really described in the book I mean there are I think there are some people by like one of the lakes or something if I'm not mistaken
1: Uh, the sea of uh yeah the sea of Nurnan and then Nurn and Nurn is supposed to be this like breadbasket land before it you know well I guess even later it's still kind of a breadbasket because Sauron uses it to feed you know his plethora of orcs
0: yeah so it just uh i originally had thought this was like a a group that already existed but now it's just a, a group that never that um isn't described by Tolkien, i guess so they can sort of do with it However, they please, which I gather. Yeah, you can play.
1: imagine there being the that group, but that doesn't really bother me. You know, you can imagine that being that.
0: No, it doesn't bother me either. That's why I'm I'm just saying that it makes sense that they would pick them because there's nothing really about them. Right, yeah, yeah. And in some way, that bugs me just a little bit because it'd be nice to like I want I want to watch the Rings of or I want to watch the Lord of the Rings thing to see the characters. For, uh, for the most part from uh tolkien's writing come alive i'm not really that interested in generic group but i get what they're doing and i at least can appreciate it um but anyways so Halbrand may or, or may be a king in the future that's kind of what they're um uh they're sort of gearing us up to uh galadriel is plotting now i guess to mm-hmm. but i st- it's still really unclear what her plan really is um but anyway so iran and so is there anything else about the Numenorian plot so far anything that i've forgotten um
1: um <clears throat> galadriel and Halbrand have a great conversation in the jail mm-hmm. oh Sorry, somebody's pounding music outside my window. Uh, do you know which? <laughs> do you know which scene I'm I'm referring to? I do, but do you want to just elaborate? Sure. Yeah. Um. So, you know, like you, when I'm watching it, I I'm looking for the philosophical underpinnings that are holding up the show. And in that one scene, you have Caladriel who is talking to Halbrand, and again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it, but she says something like, "Ours was no chance meeting." Um, and then she talks about the forces that govern the world that men allude to with words but they don't have the courage to name what it actually is so stuff like fate and destiny and uh, Mm -hmm. things like that the words that men use um, to describe what's actually governing the world that's providence you know that that was the implication. There is that provi- providence is governing this world that we live in. So yeah. I really appreciated that scene. You know because that's what I wanted to see. I'm looking. Mm-hmm. I know that there's going to be a bunch of stuff wrong with the lore, and I can forgive yeah. all that as long as the spirit of what I want to see is there. As long as the spirit of the things that Tolkien believed is there. Um, so I really, I really appreciated that. You know, that's that's what I was looking for. And that made me really happy to see. And it's it's very early on. And it's also very blatant. You know, you can't really that's an intentional choice that the writers chose to make there. And um, I was impressed.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's also, you know, uh, sort of putting that together with what Elendil said about the sea made me think of kind of the same thing, is that he is actually referring to the Valar. He's. I think he's. Um, um, he's referring to Olmo. and I think uh, Galadriel is referring to the same um, the same thing as well. Not just not just providence, but sort of more concretely uh, the Valar and their uh, ruling of the world, and especially in the context of them being because Galadriel's talking about meeting Halbrand in the sea, and that uh, and Olmo is the king of the sea and the head val the valar of the sea so it basically means to me and you know uh the valar are basically the angels of middle earth so this sort of um it is one of the things uh though i had forgotten it thank you for uh bringing it up i had kind of forgotten about the conversations but yeah no it was the one of the sort of better parts uh hope did that draw you uh is that what did you think that as well
2: um I like Talbrand being a super secret ninja badass. <laughs> I l- I liked the fight scene. I thought it I c- it kind of made me chuckle because it was about as absurd as a lot of like Marvel fight scenes. And I loved we did it. forget
0: about him
1: uh, fighting. So does that mean he's a ninja, or does that mean he's something else?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like
1: Sauron, for instance.
0: Uh. Well, but or a Balrog. <laughs> But the Iran deer stuff in unless uh Sauron's in multiple places at once. I mean I guess
1: I've actually uh thought that maybe they would try that angle.
0: That's uh, a yeah. bi locate. I
1: also I don't think uh this Adar character is Sauron
2: either.
0: Oh really? Okay. Well we were uh before the show, Hope and I were discussing how Adar means father. Um, anyways, I thought it was maybe a reference to sort of um the god of Tolkien's world you know basically that they were calling him the god of the of the world mm-hmm. um obviously him not being the god of the world but just you know cuz uh Sauron was notorious for calling himself you know the lord of the world you know that type of thing
2: mm-hmm.
0: um so that sort of that made me think a little bit that it might be Sauron but i guess it's possible that it could be um it'd be interesting if they had another maiar uh sort of uh, another rebellious mire because i assume there are which i guess would be a belrog so i don't know but yeah i think, okay. they're,
1: I think they're actually going dark elf angle oh
0: like sort
1: of a sort of a hat tip maybe to like a like maeglin from the silmarillion
0: that definitely maybe.
1: could be possible
0: though. So ironically uh because if Tar- you look at
1: the sword he's got the same exact sword that um Galadriel's brother has when they're doing the um the oath that's supposed to look like the oath of feanor but it's not because they don't they that's don't do funny it
0: right. I didn't even think of that as know. yeah same the, same sort uh, a is being I didn't think of that as being the oath of feanor, uh which is kind of funny I don't know why I didn't think of that but it didn't remind me of it at all so I guess that's good it, it shouldn't have
1: because because Finrod wasn't there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had him in that scene.
1: I think it was supposed to kind of like draw up those
0: feelings, you know. I feel like the first two episodes didn't draw up any feelings no. for me. Uh, it, I think that's one of the problems that I had with the first um, two episodes. But but yeah, no. So okay, that makes sense that they would go um, dark elf, at least in the sense that if I was doing Tolkien and I just wanted to have like a bunch of different types of characters all over the place and like if I was thinking in the realms of like taking action figures and just throwing them at each other I'd be like I need a good elf I need a dark elf I need uh I need um a Balrog I need Sauron I need uh I uh uh, Tar Palantir can't be dead he's alive you know that type of thing like Mm -hmm. we need all the players around even if it doesn't necessarily make sense but we need to see them in action. So this is how we're going to do it. I, I feel like that's mm-hmm. kind of what they're going for. Yeah. I'm um, very
1: curious to see where this Balrog comes into play and if it yeah. occupies another form before becoming the, you know, monstrosity that we see in the trailer.
0: Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it could. I mean, it would be really interesting if Hal Brand was some evil character. I mean, I guess it would be, uh, it would be a better storyline, I think. I think
1: Nazgul, for sure. I think yeah. that's oh, that, that's what yeah. the future yeah. looks like for him.
2: Yeah, that, yeah, he definitely I think will become one of the nine. Yeah, I because think,
1: it, it's yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, go, go. Oh, I was just gonna say I think it would be um, I think what gets lost on people a lot, and that's mostly because Tolkien really didn't fill us in much about their backstories. And that was intentional, of course, use your imagination about what these, what these men were like when they were alive. But um, I would have to assume for at least most of them that they had good intentions when they originally took these things from Sauron. You know, we don't have to assume that they were all what we would consider evil, at least in our eyes. You know, they, I'm sure they all had families and they all had, people that they cared about Mm -hmm. and maybe they were even good-natured and there's a sense of tragedy in that and a sense of loss and I think that it would be a really good thing for the show to do to have this person that we all fall in love with and then have them take one of the nine Mm -hmm. with good intentions.
0: Just hopefully Galadriel doesn't fall in love with him. There's there's
2: such weird sexual tension between her and Alendil and her and halbrand and it well, bugged me every time a, they were on screen
0: is that a love triangle now
2: <laughs> i don't know it bothered me so much
0: it was just like just stop just stop just stop please <laughs> enough we with don't, the weird yeah, sexual addiction we <laughs> yeah yeah you're all like i well i mean they don't really say who do they ever talk about Alendil's wife uh he's de- he has kids uh, mm. He's definitely married. I mean, she could be dead, but still, man, you know. I don't uh, think
2: she was explicitly mentioned.
0: Yeah, in the episode
2: but at least. So
0: and then, if... um, and then Galadriel is married, but we never. But <laughs> well, who supposedly. knows where
1: her uh, husband <laughs> is? Tell me where is Caliborn? I'd much like to speak with
0: him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh. It, it, that. Anyways, so but we really need to move on. I think to uh, yeah. uh, to keep with time, but uh the Numenorians definitely are the g- sort of I- most interesting I think mm-hmm. group to watch right now uh I uh, sort of I would have thought last episode I would have said it was the dwarves and Elrond and Kel brimbor but now mm-hmm. but we didn't get we don't get any of that this episode which is probably going to be the next episode mm-hmm. unless they stick with the same plot but I I don't I don't know how they're gonna divvy that up that's gonna be i If I was a um, writer of the show, I would get concerned about divvying all of this stuff up and especially with people's enjoyment. If they're enjoying one of these storylines, it's going to be hard to keep everyone uh, uh, happy when you're like, uh, okay, this this storyline, this episode, this storyline, next episode, like everyone's just going to be kind of tired of it or wait till the like. A couple episodes and then watch them all together or something mm-hmm. i feel like that w- could be a concern but maybe amazon's not worried about that um but anyway so let's the harfoots were kind of they were the worst part of this episode i think they were just the most boring part of this episode also the kind kind of creepy uh and just so uh hope do you want to talk about the harfoots i feel like uh, you have stuff to say about them
2: well the whole weird like costume and dance um when you first when they first like introduced the harfoot storyline in the episode that you know you know nobody goes off the trail and nobody walks alone as they're in like their little bird and wolf costumes and all chanting and marching it was just weird it was just weird kind of weirded me out although the costumes were pretty cool um but uh the interactions between um poppy and nori just seemed too adversarial to me like they're supposed to be like best friends right and And, they kind of
0: were in the previous yeah
2: but in this one poppy's like i'm not helping you you've done enough i'm not helping you you're not dragging me into this it's like that's not what a friend does um um, and also just that the harfoot's just make a habit of just you know oh they got stuck in the snow bye bye <laughs> um
0: yeah the, sa- the sort of sacrificial uh culture of the har- of the harfoot's yeah. i it doesn't scream i uh i mean i've said this before but hobbits are supposed to be sort of uh, english you know uh yeah. sort of a and very very
2: loyal to their friends
0: yeah so it just seems kind of contrary they just seem to need a need a um an argument they need a they need a um a problem for them to deal with because mm-hmm. basically the only thing they succeed in doing is getting on the road and um the stranger assists them which and he's learned what how to say friend in um hobbit language yeah I mean, uh, I didn't like how
2: he's like stumbling and tripping over everything.
0: Yeah. Evan, is there anything that really pushed the plot forward with the Harfoots? Because it seemed very, it seemed like a very small part of this episode.
1: I think, I mean, really what that served to do is to get them to a point where the rest of the Harfoots know about this stranger that's with them. So now he's no longer in the dark, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I really hope that the stranger isn't Gandalf because that's gonna be a huge problem for me. Um, one thing I do want to say that I did like about the hardfoot scenes, and you know, going into this, I didn't want hardfoots to be in the show at all because we all know they, they don't come until the third age, right? Yeah. Um, but there have been a couple of scenes that I have liked that I've found charming. Um there was one where uh, Nori is, is talking to her stepmother, right? Uh, and her it's when she gets in trouble for housing the stranger. Mm-hmm. And she looks at her and she says something like, oh, what do you think the stars reached out and touched you or something? Mm-hmm. Um, because she's breaking the rules in order to save the, this mysterious stranger that she thinks is some um, providential moment that's happening. And the whole point of that scene is to say like, yes, actually, you know, something did something from the stars really did reach out and touch her. Literally. She is part of some kind of grand thing that's happening. Um, So again, another one of those moments uh, where we're seeing Providence happening uh, that I really appreciated because that's the stuff that I'm looking for. You know, this is what Tolkien believed in and I want to see it expressed in a show. I don't want to see them shy away from it. I want, To I want them to lean into it. And I've gotten, I've gotten plenty in the past two episodes of, of stuff like that. So I've been pleasantly surprised there. I don't understand why, you know, I've seen people on, on Twitter say that there isn't enough connection with this idea of, of hard moral lines and right and wrong. And, you know, not that I'm like out defending the show or anything, it's still really early on, but I think that we have plenty to, you know, I'm a Christian. I think I have plenty to work off of for stuff to be happy about as far as like things they've said.
0: Yeah. I think I've been pleasantly surprised too. And uh, I, I don't think this show deserves as much hate as I thought it was going to deserve. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think, I think there's some people and I understand this argument, that they just don't want to see this show. They didn't want the show to happen. And I get that because it, it seems to me that there it would have been better set up a different way. But if you're gonna just measure the show based on the show, I think it's a pretty uh okay adaptation. Not a not a great one, but just kind of it's not like um it seems better story wise or sort of or maybe equal story wise to The Hobbit. It's probably about like the um the the Peter Jackson Hobbit movies. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a little less like lore accurate, but that's about the only difference. But that's because there's just so much more lore that they would have to follow and figure out that I don't even know. I don't unless oh, it's yeah. unless it's one person dealing with it, because like. Like, that's the problem. I think they have so many writers and stuff mm-hmm. like that dealing with the show that they don't have as uh, easy time having one vision about it.
1: Yeah, I think to put it in context, you know, The Hobbit is an entire book. Mm-hmm. Um, and for even if you did have the rights to the Silmarillion, you know, we all wanted them to have the rights to the Silmarillion, which I wish they did, because the Akalibath is amazing. Mm-hmm. that's the chapter on the fall of Bubenor. Um, I would have wanted them to have that. But even if you have the Akalibath plus the appendices, you know, the Akalibath is still just one chapter in the Silmarillion. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a lot more that you need to kind of fill the gaps with.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so is there anything about the Harfoots left to be said? I feel like it was a pretty short storyline. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Arondeer Deer is captured by the orcs. It was pretty clear that that was uh that was happening in the last episode and i really or i ha- i'm mixed actually I don't always enjoy captured storylines, but I get that they serve a purpose so insofar as this was well done, I enjoyed it uh I'm always like i we get it they're gonna get captured and then they're gonna uh they're gonna escape or whatever or something like that. Uh, or in some some uh some stories they become like brainwashed or something that type of thing. But it, it did make me think back to a lot of the stories in uh the Silmarillion where the orcs have thralls, and this was very much in that vein. And I really, I really enjoyed it. They did keep to the fact that orcs don't like light and stuff like that. I thought that was really well done. And I thought the fact that people or elves died was probably the best part of this just seeing the fact that our characters can be imperiled mm-hmm. was kind of the best part and maybe the whole point of this these scenes. Mm-hmm. Um yeah so I hope I know you liked uh you liked the Aran deer story previously. I do. Right? Yeah. So yeah. what what was your thoughts about how it uh the direction it took?
2: I thought that the opening scene where he's getting first dragged through and it's showing like the light coming through. I thought that the sound and light design was superb for being like, you know, this is a place you don't want to be. There's a lot of hopelessness. There's, um, I thought that was absolutely superb. Um, the, uh, the whole apologizing to the tree thing before starting to cut it down
0: was, eh, I don't know, yeah, um it, I mean, to me, it's like elves do make things out of like wood, yeah, like, I can't imagine they've never made things out of wood, so it's not like they're um like I feel like they're trying to hearken back to. Yavanna and uh, Aule in some sense about yeah. uh, not wanting the trees to get cut down and stuff like that but, but I, I mean feel like one they of went- the trees you know one of the elves literally died
2: because the watch warden didn't want to cut the tree down
0: yeah I feel like it was just overemphasized their relationship with trees mm-hmm. insofar as they have to make things they do make things I imagine they use wood so they would have had to kill trees i get the point more is that they shouldn't just unnecessarily destroy trees and i guess maybe the argument could be made that okay they didn't want to cut down this tree because it is unnecessary and then the elves were trying to say that okay we can do this without doing it and i get that point but yes when it comes to like your the option are one of some people are going to die and you're going to kill or and you're going to destroy this tree I don't think they would have as much remorse uh in that situation. Evan, what'd you think? Um, yeah, I see what they were
1: trying to do. Um <clears throat> but I'm like you, I agree. Like the elves off they have to make things out of wood. You know, I think that I think it was odd to be so hung up on like that particular tree in that particular moment, you know, because it was pretty much life or death. Uh, but you know, I thought it was fine. They're yeah. just trying to show that the elves yeah. have a different level of reverence for living things. Yeah. For,
0: yeah. They have a more they have a greater interest in nature. Um, but anyway, so there's a, you know, this whole they're trying to figure out a way to escape, at least for somebody to be able to escape after one of their one of the elves gets killed uh, for not wanting for them, not wanting to take down this tree. Which really, again, I just thought that was an important moment in the show for some for people to die, and I wasn't expecting two of the elves to die right uh, right away, and it just kind of uh interests me though that Arandir is the only one that survived so far, just insofar as who is he going to talk to now unless uh Longed armor <laughs> well like i I'm not, well, I don't actually see it as much as plot armor yet insofar as I actually think they, like, if if it's a reasonable thing what they're doing after, it mm-hmm. will make sense for why he wasn't killed. Um, but yes, it could, depending on the next step, the next, step, the next um, part of his story, you know, he's being taken before their boss. Now, mm-hmm. why is he being taken uh, before their boss? I don't know. But if it's a bad, if it's really stupid, then yes, it's plot armor. And, you know, but I do, it, I
1: completely agree with you on that. Yeah.
0: If there's a legitimate reason, well, then it's fine. You know, it's, I understand. So because um,
1: I was thinking in that scene, like. Um, for what reason did the orcs grab him and go take him to that or like you yeah. already they already killed the most important guy in that group,
0: you know? Yeah.
1: And they killed him pretty thoughtlessly. They just kind of filled them up with arrows when he climbed out of the hole. So what made them, you know, let the last guy survive? I didn't really get that. And it'd be one thing if this Adar character was standing right there, you know, and said, hold on, I want to talk to this guy. But they didn't. They just stopped for no reason. Um, So I kind of thought about that, too. They better reward us with some kind of
0: reason for why he let him live. Yeah, I mean... It 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 definitely needs to be a good reason. Uh, it's interesting. I sort of a lot of the stuff I kind of forgot about during the show, like went like about the other characters that we didn't get to see. I mean, I remembered Elrond and Celebrimbor and that sort of thing, but I kind of forgot about uh Orondir's like side characters kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it really does make sense that they're turning you know this land into Mordor, and it's it that will be I think kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, I would say, you you know,
1: that we don't have a whole lot of, we don't have a whole lot of lore context, at least for the people in Mm -hmm. Mordor and what they may have experienced during that time period. And I think that that's something I actually like. Um, I want to see kind of an imagination of the, you know, chaotic destruction that takes place there for Mm -hmm. Sauron to be able to make this, um, Essentially, a land fortress out of Mordor.
0: So that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as long I I enjoy watching creativity. It's just they need to have good creativity, and they're showing decent levels of creativity at this point. But I'm worried about when they're uh, you know, I'm I'm worried how they're going to deliver on all the promises they've made, and just mm-hmm. actually, and just like how they're going to get from one place to another. And if they can do that well, then the show will probably be pretty good. Yeah. Um, I just
2: want to know why the warg looked, looked like a rabid Chinese crested dog.
0: <laughs> I don't
1: know what that looks like. Hope. I have mixed feelings about the warg, I think.
2: The, the warg was yeah. so bad. I'll text you a picture of a Chinese crested and you will instantly be like, yes.
0: <laughs> okay. Well,
2: it, 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 I, I looked at it. I'm just like. Okay, it looks like a giant mutant Chinese crusty.
1: <laughs> You'll have to tweet that one out.
0: I'd like to see. Yeah, that yeah. Good. Hope tweet that. You should tweet that out.
2: But uh, well,
0: I'm but, I'm private, so Evan won't be able to see it anyway. <laughs> well, Evan can follow you. Hope.
2: Yeah, Evan, follow me.
0: <laughs> uh, anyways, is there anything really uh about this scene or about this storyline? Uh, anything else? Because I feel like it was pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. It was enjoyable. It was a good sort of side uh I feel like of the of the sort of storylines I am very much interested in the uh the um in the uh, and Galadriel I really can't get over the her accent. I I think it's Welsh, but I just don't it doesn't seem to fit very well in the situation. Um hey, Tolkien loved Welsh. Okay. <laughs> uh, someone said that it looked like a pug. Uh Nikki at Cunningham said it looked like a pug. It it was. Yeah, a little bit. It was not yeah. great. So they need to wor- work on the logs. Um and uh please all of you guys listening, we have like 12 people listening. Please hit hit the like the, the like button and um this is a weekly show, so uh come back next week uh to hear more. Uh, I, I think that sort of covers all uh, the, the whole episode, uh, any final thoughts about just this episode and where we're going, Evan, what do you think?
1: You know, like I said before, this episode was actually entertained. Like before I was like, you know, kind of reserving judgment. I was saying like, yeah, it's slow, you know, but they need to build the plot. But this, I actually, okay, I'm entertained, you know, Mm -hmm. whether this is a show that follows the lore or not this episode taking it for what it was, was an entertaining product to watch. So I, I was happy about that.
2: Yeah. It's definitely got me hooked till the end of the season at this point, if they continue with the level of um, the level of uh, effort they put into this episode.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: and Connor, do you upload all these? Sorry.
0: Well, this is live, so right. I mean, but
1: to, does it stay like uploaded? Yeah, it I stays. Don't know how
0: it works. Yeah, it stays uploaded. And then I also have uh, a po- like uh, podcasts on uh, like Anchor and uh, uh, Spotify and stuff like that. So it will be up for everyone to see afterwards. Um, but yeah, so uh, so Evan is from the Middle Earth Mixer. He has a podcast. I have a link in the description uh, for you guys to go. Uh, find him and listen to him Uh, I will be on uh, the game show on avoiding Babylon at uh, in half an hour so check that out for all of you hope is also from avoiding Babylon though she won't be on the game show tonight I'll get kicked off the computer yes she'll (laughs) be removed uh, by Rob Um, so yeah uh, Evan, thank you for being on the episode. Um, so, I had a great uh,
1: time. Thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: yeah you can, and I uh,
1: uh, hope, hope it was nice to meet you. Yeah. Very
0: well. nice to meet you as well. Yeah. It, uh, you can come back, uh, anytime you want, uh, for the episodes and stuff like that. If thank you. you I appreciate it. On. But, um, thank you all for listening. Please like, share, comment, and subscribe and have a wonderful evening. Have a, have, have a great week as well. A great weekend. Um, Bye, everyone. Bye.